This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. West Yorkshire Sport Daily. BBC Radio Leeds. Good evening. Welcome along. West Yorkshire Sport Daily, BBC Radio Leeds. And tonight it is all about the town. I'm Jonathan Buck and over the next hour we'll be talking all things Huddersfield Town. It is our monthly Huddersfield Town special. To do that we have three people here in the studio whose voices you might already know if you're a listener to their podcast. There isn't a thing about town that these guys between them don't know from over the years. So from He Takes That Chance podcast, it's Neil Wayne, Richard Cosmala and Matt Shaw. Not our rugby league reporter Matt Shaw, another Matt Shaw. Evening chaps. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, Hi, Johnny. Uh, a big, big uh, night tonight for us to talk about many, many different things. Feeling a bit dejected tonight, gents? Neil, how are you feeling? Used to it. Used to it by now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, great. Cosy. <laughs> Standard, Johnny. There you go. Well, positive start then for us uh, for the next hour. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts as well tonight, not just about the chaps here in the studio, but if you agree with them, if you disagree with them, if you're as negative or positive as they might be feeling tonight, text 81333, tweet at WYS Daily. Also this hour, we'll hear from Jan Sievert as well. Following last night's game, we'll also talk to Andrew Gale, the Yorkshire first team coach, who is, of course, a Huddersfield Town fan too. So stay with us. Join the conversation on West Yorkshire Sport Daily. We're with you until seven o'clock. West Yorkshire Sport with Jonathan Buchan. BBC Radio Leeds. Welcome along. It is West Yorkshire Sport Daily on BBC Radio Leeds. Uh, joined in the studio by Richard, by Matt, by Neil as well from your Takes That Chance podcast. Huddersfield Town fans, many of you will listen to them probably on your commutes and the likes as well. Um, we're going to start tonight, chaps, by talking about this. Space for Davis. He finds Richarlison whose shot is blocked, but the rebound is put into the back of the net by the Brazilian. After just two minutes, he scores with a second bite of the cherry. And Huddersfield Town have not got away from their own penalty area since the start two minutes ago of Jan Sievert's first match in charge as head coach and now he knows the size of the task in front of him you do all that work lads you go on a hot weather training camp you get everything bed in and then two minutes into a game you find yourselves a goal down last night and ultimately did end 1-0 to Everton in that game um how did you all assess it last night? Let's start with yourself, Neil. How did you assess it last night and what did you make to what happened so early on as well in that game? It just kills you, doesn't it? There was a bit of a buzz before the game, a little sort of, you know, new manager in. Everyone's got that, you know, bit of excitement. They've had a four-day training camp. They've talk, talked about how they're going to, 
do various things to improve attacking play and whatever else. And I actually joked to my dad, and I just said, you know, classic town, this will probably 1-0 down inside two minutes. So it was two minutes, ten seconds. They can't blame <laughs> me for that, can they? Should have um, had a bet on it. But you just, it, same old story, Johnny. As soon as we went 1-0 down, you pretty much know they're done. There's no way back because we don't create anywhere near enough. And the only time it looked like changing were obviously brought Adam Moy back on for the last half hour. Matt? Yeah, I com- concur with that completely. Um, going 1-0 down so early did... There was a little bit of a vibe, a little bit of a vibe that we've not had for a, a short while down there. And the goal so early, and it was a bit of a slack goal as well, wasn't it? it, it Richarlison's loosely marked, we'll say, and he's he's had two bites of it there. And uh, yeah, it kind of knocked us for six because, as Neil says, we've got a really poor record of coming back from, from one down. I think, is it twice that we've come back from a goal behind? Yeah. So it, it essentially... But never won from a goal behind. No, so it's uh, only in the championship, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not in Forest. Never in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. So it, essentially, it's like you go out and it's first goal wins, isn't it? <laughs> Almost. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, but there's still there's still that hope, isn't it? There's a new guy there. You you're looking to see how he changes it, what he does, you know, how he utilizes his his you know, options on the bench as well, and um, it's going to take more than six days for him to mm. turn this around. That's all. So you you can't pin anything specifically on on the new managers had six days to work with them they're, they're in a rut there's no two ways about it um, and he's he's going to take a little bit of time so you know for me he gets a lot of patience Were you disappointed there wasn't a bit of a, a fight back last night Cosy then because of the fact it was a new manager and because you did have that little bit of a, a positive feeling around ahead of the game because of that Not really Johnny I, I thought coming in he's, not, he's got the same players to work with that King David Wagner couldn't change so why would it be any different frustration for me talking to some Everton fans in the town centre they weren't up for the game. They were gutted about losing to Millwall. They said we'd have a good chance of, you know, kind of knocking them over. And yeah, disaster start. The last thing we want to do is, you know, kind of give a team a goal start. Mm. As Matt said, we never come back from that. But yeah, it was. There was no instant reaction. So disappointing. And but just kind of resignation to our fate and kind of the atmosphere just faded away. The night faded away. And yeah. Uh, Simple way of winning money, I think. That, isn't it? That's even even more though, isn't it? Disappointing to me that you've got a new manager. It's his first game in charge. Yeah, okay, you go you go a goal down after two minutes. That happens in some games, but teams come back from that on a on a fairly regular basis. You would say that there wasn't that reaction. That there wasn't you know the players didn't rally. The players didn't then get themselves back up and going. Especially when you've got a new man. It's his first game in charge. Surely you'd want to see a little bit more of that, wouldn't you, from the players? They look completely resigned to it. As soon as it went one nil down, you could almost see the body language slump. And it were, you know, almost looking, you know, get me off of you, get me out of here. Nobody wanted the ball, nobody tried to take control of it. There was nobody driving them forward. There's just, there's a massive lack of leaders in that team. And I think it's the ideal chance, like last night, not to pick on particular players too brutally, but you've got Flo playing at right back, who is arguably the worst of the three right backs that we've got. Tommy Smith, club captain, when you're needing somebody to sort of get people amongst mm. people and you know, get people rallied. Tommy Smith's the one that you'd look to and he's not there. And then further than that, you've only got Johnny Ogg who just sort of lost in the middle there. It was just a shambles, to be honest. It's, it's just really, really deflating. Mm. That's the best way I can put it. I thought Everton were terrible. <laughs> you they know, were, I thought they were, they were there. there. They, they were absolutely there. They were there for the taking. And I think what worried me most of all, Johnny, and that's things that you'd think with the first game of a new manager, you'd see different. But I saw guys bottling tackles now. I don't, shall we call players out? You know, I don't think, you know, it's not my style. But 
there were there was stuff Kurt Zuma were going in for there was you know them kind of balls where you're thinking who's going to get there first you know Johnny Ogg's going to give you everything but there were other guys shirking for whatever reason that that worries me does that because mm. I've, you know we've accepted a lack of quality for some time but when we're not seeing kind of that going in and it just felt like if you fast forward to next season cold Tuesday night you know against whether we're playing next season I, I want to see a bit of you know, bit of fight and the, uh, just the, not to see that. The wow. team spirit is the complete foundation of everything that we've built over the last two years and it's evident that that's evaporating quickly it's gone. over the last two months. It's gone. I don't think it's evaporating. I'm I clinging on to it slightly. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm clinging no. on to it. But you think there's a little bit left? Potentially, hopefully. And that, hopefully. That's why we can't judge new manager too quickly because he's coming on back of, you know, we, we lost 9-10 on bounce. Mm-hmm. We've, we've looked... Awful is probably the kindest way to put it. With look lack of lack of fight, I think so. It's hard to pin that on him too early. I think that it scared it for me, Neil. I think when they made a big bid, you know, big thing about when we signed all these players at the start, there were a lot of captains in their own teams in Germany. So you're saying we need leaders. There are leaders there, but they're not leading on the pitch. And is that confidence that part of you thinks that we've that far away? Because you know we've lost so many games by one goal, like you know again last night. But then part of you thinks. Do we have to rip it all up? And suppose we'll come on to that later. But yeah, I, I, I keep changing by the game. To be that's honest, that's all with they you. need. Though is that one goal. That's part of the main main issue, really. But the, the continuity has been a big factor. It will come on as you mentioned, because later in the hour we'll talk about what what next for the town, where it's going, what the long term yeah. future might hold for the club. But but that continuity is something that they have focused on with the appointment of Jan Siva, isn't it? You know, they they want some form of continuity under what David Wagner did, not to not to rip it all up briefly, because we've got to get to the travel in a moment. Is that is that the right way that, that the club should be going to keep a little bit of that continuity? going but hopefully with a, a bit more of a I guess a, a more attacking mindset do you think do you think that's right do you think that is what they've what they've done I think the attacking mindset Johnny comes with the players that he's got available he mm. needs the correct players available to attack and I don't think David Wagner had that mm. um, but yes continuity is good um, the identity of the football club it's good to see that it's not been thrown out with David Wagner leaving and it's important that that gets carried on uh, if you want to text us or tweet us uh, then do get in touch 81333 is the text message number put WYS at the front of it you can drop us a tweet as well if you want to at WYS daily let me just read out a text that's coming to us here uh, we'll have the travel next this one comes in saying well nothing changes with the new manager no drive pace or desire to win the game last night for Huddersfield Town mind numbingly frustrating to say the least we're doomed now end of but at least we've bought a striker who I'd start on Saturday as we've nothing to lose uh, so uh, get out those current strikers they're simply not good enough the defeat was not too hard to take it was a lack of any kind of change in style or formation from Wagner's final boring games let's hope for a dramatic improvement see you in the championship up the town says Nick and New Mill thank you very much for your text this evening Nick if you want to get in touch 81333 send us a text or tweet at WYS Daily West Yorkshire Sport Daily BBC Radio Leeds it's our Huddersfield Town special um, I've got uh, Neil Matt and Richard who are in the studio from He Takes That Chance podcast uh, who are all Terriers fans uh, I said to you guys just whilst the travel was on there I'm going to play Jan Sievert next for, for anybody who might not have heard it after the game last night and Neil you said I've purposely not listened to this yeah, not Wh- why, is, why is that then why have you purposely not listened to I, it I just didn't want to listen to it last night I'd had, as soon as I got out of ground I wanted to get in the <laughs> car and go home and have a cup of tea and sort of try and you know not go in and kick cat and just calm down a bit really I was just, I was just well, not even calm down. I wasn't mad. I was just sort of fed up. Disillusioned. Yeah, yeah. so I, I didn't want... And I don't want to judge him. He needs a fair chance and mm. I would have judged him last night. Well, just, there you go. Then you get a chance to judge him now yeah. uh, because we can hear it from Jan Siever after last night's loss to Everton. He spoke with Paul Ogden and gave his reaction to the performance and the result. First of all, I'm disappointed but also very proud 
we couldn't have a worse start, but how we come back really impressed me. Just after having seven days together with my lads, we created chances, we had possibilities. And to be totally honest, I think there was a fantastic performance by Pickford. And now I definitely know, definitely know why he's number one of the England goalkeepers. Yeah, you certainly put him under pressure, Kachunga. Uh, the free kick by Aaron Moy, probably Huddersfield Town's best moments. But in and around those promising moments, Jan, there is a lot for you to fix, is there not? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I knew that. But the most important thing, as I said, when you have such a worst start, to come back like this and create chances and um, in many uh, situations on the game dominate with the ball. So I think uh, I should be proud of, of, of a team which is at the bottom of the table and played against a team which is on the, in the first third of the table. So um, yeah, I'm proud that we had uh, so many possibilities. Um, unlucky that we didn't score. Can you let us in on some of the detail of the game plan and, and how you think it was executed by your players? <laughs> the game plan changed very quick because the goal uh, also changed the things, which is normal. Um, but the game plan was definitely to, to, give, uh, to give us a possibility to play in the last third. And um, yeah, I think uh, as we have shown, it was possible, but we have to work on scoring and that is a very important thing. Everton are always an aggressive team. How do you think your players dealt with that? in the middle of the park, particularly in the midfield area? I think we were we were also aggressive. Our team was also aggressive and it was a, a totally fair game, I think. Uh, so <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> you got what you needed from your team in that respect. Yeah, that's that's what I think. They were, they were the, the louts, to be honest, uh, I'm really proud of them. Because as I said, it's not easy after uh, three minutes when you con conceive, is a conceive a goal. So to come back like this and uh, yeah, Normally, when Adama Diakabi, who was on his run, uh, uh, yeah, could continue two more steps, then I think it's 1-1, and then we have also possibilities to win the game in the last uh, in the last few minutes. Did you sense disappointment around the crowd at the end of the game because it felt like an opportunity missed, maybe because of Everton's recent difficulties? Listen, we have Chelsea. Our, our team has Chelsea in front of his, from our chest and the most important thing is now to focus Chelsea and that the game is over, we have to analyse it, we have to work in our training sessions, uh, we have to continue what we started and that is the most important thing for me now. I guess what I'm talking about is the, the hope, and it's a small hope, of avoiding relegation. Did that take a real hit tonight? No, I wouldn't say hit because I saw just within seven days, I saw so many things and the boys got it so quick. So uh, there's still hope until the end. When you arrived, when you started the training sessions in Portugal, did you see a lot wrong with the team? No, it's not. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to talk about the things which, which uh, maybe happened in the past so because I just focused the future. And uh, the, the boys gave everything in Portugal and they got the ideas as quick as possible. And as you see, it was possible today to score or to win the game also. It was possible to win the game and this is the most important thing. Tell us about the condition of the team finally, Jan. You made some substitutions. How great was it to see Aaron Moy on the field? But also, you brought Chris Luva on for Kashunga, which surprised a lot of people because that's a defender for an attacking player. Yeah, the idea was maybe to give us a bit more width because, uh, as you saw, um, Everton dropped back. Uh, and was in front of their goal, so we had to try to get go for crosses. And Chris has uh, fantastic crosses, so that was the idea. And uh, then I brought Lauren with the second striker, which also showed that uh, we wanted to win the game. Unfortunately, it didn't come your way. Briefly, how much hope have you got for bringing new players in before the end of the week? Um, first of all, I have to analyse the game. 
because of the fact that the club is in such a dire position right now. People can't criticise him too much, can they? Because of the fact he's coming in and taking over in a, a very difficult situation, isn't it? Be- best way to look at it for me, as I mentioned on podcast last week, he's now got a 14-game pre-season to have a look, see what he wants to keep, mm. see what to get rid of, see what he can build with the players that are there. Try and get, we, we, I just want us to go into this end of the season with a bit of bounce and... Try and do what West Brom did. Go down with a bit of pride and a bit of fight. and Take it down to the last couple of games, yeah. I, I'm not even bothered about that, to right. be honest. No, I think I, we're gone. For me, we've been gone since Southampton at home, to be honest, just before Christmas. I think that was sort of the writing mm. on the wall time when you're not beating teams that are around you. Yeah. Um, and I just think that just to get some... He's got his work cut out, let's be honest. We've, we've, we've all witnessed it. We've all seen it. You know, There's no point, you know polishing it up you can't can you it's, it is what it is so I just think we need to go in with a bit of bounce a bit of pride and it's over to him he's got he's got to free it till the end of this season then see what he does over at summer and then next season's a big one because people will expect mm. Matt is that how you feel as well about the situation I think we need to see a bit of progress to be honest um, I don't want to get to the end of the season with 11 points um, we need to show an upturn so that we're ready for next season I think that like Neil said pre-season yeah maybe you could call it that but we need to see um, an upturn in form to give us hope and expectation and even to sell season tickets for next year because at the minute we're in a rut and in my opinion that's not going to turn around quickly mm. it, it can't be fixed in six days or four days in Portugal there's there's something not deeply wrong with the squad but the, I think the mentality of the squad currently at the minute the, there seems to be such a losing mentality and it's so hard to turn that round. We've seen teams go down like Swansea have gone down mm. after, and Stoke have gone down after two, three years of a, a losing mentality and it's hard to shift that and what West Brom, Neil's right to point out West Brom and what West Brom have done is they've they've turned things around there and Darren Moore got some great results, Man United away last season as well and they've had that bounce and that's specifically what we really need to aim for. I, I don't think sort of carrying on in this vein till the end of the season would be good for us. Cosy? Yeah, much the same as the boys. I mean, no interview with Jason Punchin, but the club released a bit of a tweet last night and he's quoting him, I know we've lost the game, but people that were here will be able to leave with lots of positives. Sorry, Jason, not at all. For me, there were no no real positives, you know, out of the game. Couldn't really pick you a man of the match, but, you know, the guy, just feel sorry for him, really. You could hear only as good as the players at your disposal. Mm. Uh, I know they always kind of interview managers, don't they? You know, a few months into the job, was it a bigger job than you thought? And that as well. And I just looked at him last night and he's waving his hands about running up and down his technical area. And I'm, part of me is thinking, wow, mate, you know, this is uh, this is going to be a struggle. But yeah, I just want to click through the turnstile. think we've got a chance to win a game. And I've not felt that for a while now. This is bad, but it's, yeah, it's once the other team get a goal, it's... That's game set and match, but yeah, I just want—I mean, like, let's was be the, honest. The, let's be honest, Johnny. Chelsea well, taking fifteen hundred. We normally take double the, that on Saturday, but we're not. Does anyone believe that we can win mm-hmm. in in a fan base? Because never mind us, the players didn't. You know, I don't think they believe that they can win, and that and that's what it's me. How, how do you get that belief back? It's 
it's such a tough job. I think Neil mentioned just off there that I think we need a couple of bodies in, you know, before the window. I know we've got Grant in, but yeah. we need something, though, because if we go in with, with that and an inexperienced striker, it could be a long end to the we've, season. We've got to give him, Neil Gaffer, a fighting chance to try and swap a little bit and try and get a bit of bounce. And if this Grant lad, you know, chuck him straight in. There's nothing to lose. He's had, he's had a great half-season at Charlton. Be full of confidence. He's got a move to the Premier League. Get him in. Just get him in. Absolutely nothing to lose. Give him what, what else do you want doing before the window shuts tomorrow night at 11 o'clock? Because th- there are two trains of thought right now, aren't there? You, you, if you spend some money now and you take a bit of a, a gamble, they're not going to do this by the sounds of things, but it, you take a bit of a gamble, try to get some players in to try and keep you up, then you're spending money, but you might be throwing money away as well. Or for that. you do what they're kind of doing and bringing in players and looking to the future and hoping that they'll have an impact a little bit now, but then also probably a bigger impact next season. That's probably the way they're looking at it, you would have thought. So you wouldn't expect a huge amount, would you? tomorrow no I think I think a lot of our summer signings were like that as well mm. um, I think we were shopping in a completely different market in the summer and a lot of the players that we brought in in the summer maybe could have a bigger impact next season we're looking at you know uh, and Benzer if he stays Diakabi Bakuna etc um, yeah so from, from now to the end of the window it, it's a tough one because do loans make any difference we're 11 points cut away from Southampton is, is a loan or two till the end of the season going to be is there going to be much point because they and, might and not be here next year with a character you know get a contract yeah. for next season in championship that's mm. what I'd, I'd be looking for maybe people who were coming up to the end of a contract they're not going to play at the club that they're at now they're guaranteed to come and get you know 13, like 14 games yeah. at town yeah, like, like, like a punch yeah. yeah and just throw them in They've, we just need to give Saver some bodies because you can see the ones that are there now, they are on the floor. Yeah. And they just need a bit of a lift of two or three new faces on there. And It's like kids in a bench job. I mean, Bakuna, there's another one who just looks raw. Yeah. He might be a good player in two, three seasons' yeah, time, he's, but he's, he's nowhere no level yet, for a Premier League. He just showed with my last night to me, 50% fit, 75% fit, whatever. But he just even, he didn't create a right lot, but he just looked to cut above anything in a blue and white shirt. He's, he's comfortably our best player, and I think it's scary. You know, I think we've all got to resign ourselves to the fact that. These last few games we're going to say out of mind. It's so time, frustrating, though, Neil. We knew, but the Burnley game was on January the second. Yeah, you could argue we might. You said Southampton. I agree with you. Maybe Fulham, what have you? But we were still, you know, big games to come. Burnley home, Cardiff away. Why wasn't striker not there? I know it's easy to say. We've known for months we needed a striker. Mm. Why is he just rocked up today? Yeah. 30th of January. It makes me so mad. It, it, it won't break in you. It was on January first no. that we needed a striker. Dean it? said we don't want to yeah. go down, you know, kind of sleepwalking, but, you know, it took us 27 days to get a, a, a striker in and, and that and one from League One that really we can't have much expectations about for this I guess if there'll be play from the club and I'll I'll kind of almost play devil's advocate and, and go on their behalf and say, well, they'll say it's difficult to get deals done. It's difficult to get players in when yeah. you, you're not you're not a wanting to spend millions and millions and millions of pounds because of the fact that you might be dropping out of the Premier League. Yeah. Secondly, because you cut adrift at the bottom of the Premier League. So what players are really looking? That we they weren't want that to much though, Johnny. At that club. time, you know, it was still doable, maybe. But now, obviously, now you know it's done. But. You know, you've got to be reactive. Yeah, we've got to be proactive, not reactive. To eleven, yeah, mm. 11, eleven points. Behind. We've only got eleven points all season. The prices yeah. in this window though are insane. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Dom absolutely. This window is always so difficult for Dom teams. Dom Solanke's gone for twenty-one million. He's scored one Premier League goal. He's not kicked a ball yet. He's injured. We had we had Wolves looking at Tammy Abraham and apparently offering him one hundred and twenty grand a week. Yeah, Neil Malpai from Brentford. We were apparently interested in Brentford. Want twenty million? We. It, it's a very difficult. It's bonkers. It's, it's just yeah. very difficult. And it, it's bonkers. It and if, if we're being realistic, this Grant lad that we've got in from Charlton, that's with an eye on next season, yeah. clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm got an job. issue with that. If you can get the player in now, 
and get him, like I say, 14, 15 game mm. pre-season for me. So if you can get him in and bed him in, you know, get him all, all the house stuff and the, all the stuff off the pitch that you don't see, get that done now and then he can focus yeah. really, you know, properly pre-season. West York Sport Daily, BBC Radio Leeds, our Huddersfield Town monthly special. We've got the lads in the studio here for me. Takes that chance podcast, drop us a tweet at WYS Daily or send us a text. I'll read through some of those a little bit later on in the hour as well. We'll speak to Andrew Gale very shortly indeed. He'll give us his take on Huddersfield Town at the moment in time as well. Great lineup tomorrow night then from six o'clock right here on BBC Radio Leeds. Just gone 6.30. It's our Huddersfield Town special on West Yorkshire Sport Daily with the Chaps here in the studio from He Takes That Chance podcast. We've got Richard, we've got Matt, we've got Neil as well. And joining us on the line now is a man who is a big Huddersfield Town fan, but he probably has to miss the back end of each season and the start of each season as well, because he's got his own events to worry about with Yorkshire. It's Yorkshire's first team coach, Andrew Gale. Evening. Evening, guys. How are you feeling then about things with, with Town at the moment, Gailey? We'll come on to the, to the cricket maybe a little bit later, but how are you feeling about Town at the moment on the back of last night's defeat? I mean, I, I couldn't be there last night. I'm uh, down south doing a coaching course at the minute, but um, I think I'm probably feeling like a lot of town fans a bit flat at the minute. Um, you know, since sort of October, November time, it's just been a, a steady decline. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It just feels like we're fading away back into the Championship. How difficult is that for, for a coach? And you can do it from a cricket perspective, I suppose, when you've had a changing coach, but you've also just got this losing mentality in a, a, at a club. How difficult is it to try and get a dressing room positive and upbeat once again? It is tough because, you know, we've been struggling to score goals all season. Um, the players have been inconsistent. I think that there's been a slow decline in the football as the season's, as, as the season's gone on. And to come in as a, a new coach, he's obviously going to, put some uh, energy into the atmosphere but ultimately uh, you know the, probably the class isn't there on the field to compete week in week out and um, he's probably got off on the wrong foot and I, I just hope that town fans give him time give him chance because in the short term things might not get much better but um, I don't think we'll see the best of him until, until we get in the championship and uh, he gets a, a proper pre-season under his belt it must be really difficult for the players as well when, you, when you're in such a poor run of form and when you are, like you say, coming up against really high-quality opposition week in, week out, and you just can't get those goals, can't get those results to keep yourself positive, both when you're on the field for those 90 minutes for them, I suppose, or for the four days for you, but then off the field as well, when you're away from it, trying to keep yourself positive and working hard. Yeah, you're just looking for that little bit of spark, something to, to turn it around. And, um, you know, like I said, Town were playing some good football in... Um, October and November time they had that really good result against Wolves but from then on in we, we created enough chances to win games and we sort of missed out on that and you could see players losing confidence 
um, as, as that period went on and through the Christmas period, and that um, the, the heads have lost a lot of confidence through that, and the heads started to, to go down, and it's tough for a coach to come in and, and pick him up. But you are looking for that little bit of spark. Can they can they turn it around? Can they score a few goals? Anything that can just get them back on track and give them some confidence and belief in each other that you know the, the ability is still there to win games games of football in the Premier League. Yeah, it's the smallest thing, I suppose, isn't it? Just that one goal, that one victory or that last-minute equaliser that gets you a point from a game can be the catalyst, I suppose. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of managers won't like talking about luck, but I think Town have been a bit unlucky this year. The number of times that they've hit the woodwork, uh, the number of times that penalty decisions have, have gone against them. And you hope at some stage that that'll turn and then 50-50 decisions go your way. Uh, and, and you get the rub of the green, and then that'll give everyone a, a big lift. And that's that's from the outset. That looks like what the players need right now. Yeah, I think I agree with Gailey there. I think we're a year too uh, late, I'm afraid. VAR's coming in next year. I've banged about then on the podcast, and it's not everyone's cup of tea. But I've seen it obviously a lot in Spain. And what it, what I've seen is like kind of the smaller teams are getting more of the decisions because they have to go to the VAR. Where I kind of think sounds a bit better. I think because we're doing so poor, but. A lot of the times, I think the refs look at the back of the names, names on the back of the shirts, and give the decision on that. So, yeah, I think uh, VAR, in my opinion, will be good for football. But this year, it, you know, it's luck has deserted us, and that would have been useful for us uh, a lot of times. The players, season. the players believe in luck. Then you've mentioned it, Gailey, and you mentioned the fact that you know it is something that you don't think Huddersfield have had. But the the players believe in that. Is are they quite a superstitious bunch at times? You don't want players to. To fully commit to luck, I think they believe that they need a little bit of luck to be successful. You know, like in cricket, you need a drop catch here and there or a, an LBW decision to go your way, uh, and that can lift the team. But you don't want to pin all your hopes on a bit of luck. You've still got to be playing good football in the Premier League to win games. We know that because if you switch off for five or ten minutes, you get get punished. But you do need a little bit of luck a, a, along the way, that 50-50 decision in the box uh, that goes your way. And we've seen numerous decisions go against us this season and it does sound bitter as a town fan having watched them week in week out but you play against the big clubs you get absolutely everything home and away and we get very little at home and you get absolutely nothing away from home and um, you know you don't want to be that bitter fan but I think Collie's right you know Bam hopefully will make a difference to that and we might not be there to see it just to roll the clock back a, a little bit because I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this when David Wagner left the football club it was he said that he needed a break from the rigours didn't he of, of coaching and, and day-to-day management as someone who is a, a first team coach at a high level at the elite level of sport you know how much does it put you under intense pressure both both mentally physically and you mentioned you're down south now going through a coaching course so it never stops for you so just, just how difficult is it how much do you have empathy for him I suppose when he made that decision yeah, I've got a lot of empathy for him. Obviously, football's mild, a lot more scrutinised than, than cricket is, and you're in the public eye every day. Um, you're in the results business, and when things aren't going your way, it's it's tough to bounce back from that. So I did empathise with him. Um, but, you know, the day, day-to-day turning up for training when things aren't going well, I think he probably just took its toll on him. Um, you could see in the style of football, they, they sort of lost what they were about when we when we first when he first took over this high press high energy and then they brought that in the Premier League and, and this year as the season's gone on we sort of lost our identity that terrier spirit that he always spoke about 
and he probably couldn't see a way back from that. And um, I know in the press that he said he was probably going to leave at the end of the season anyway. And we were all so disappointed to see him go. But you know, to remember what a fantastic job he did for the club, it was a, a real miracle, really, to get Huddersfield Town to the Premier League. And you know, when you sit back and put things in perspective, we're in a miles different place from where we were three years ago. We were we were a club that were probably going to be a yo-yo club between League One and the Championship, and now. We're in a position where if we go down, we've got a chance of going back to the Premier League, and uh, you know that's that's not been un- unrealistic. If we go down, we're going to have a lot more um, money to spend. You would would imagine with the parachute payments and etc. But the confidence and belief of the club, we could go back to the Premier League. So what a job David Wagner did for the club. I guess that's the positive way to look at it, isn't it? That that you are possibly a side that could be set nil to go back into the the Premier League if you if you do things right in the summer and you do things right next season. The one thing we have got with Dean Oyle is a sensible owner. We're not going to throw stupid money at it next season, um, but obviously we've committed the twenty million quid to improving the training facilities, which you know the infrastructure has improved there instantly. So looking forward with a, with a sensible owner like Dean Oyle, you know the future should be positive. Um, but on the football pitch, it's not just about throwing money at it, is it? Mm. You know, it, it can work both ways. And you'll know, Gailey, as well, won't you, about the difference that can make, having the proper training facilities. Not that the facilities aren't good now, but investing for the long-term future in those facilities for Huddersfield Town, the difference that can make for the football club and the town going forwards. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, player recruitment's going to be key over the next few years if we're, we're going to stand a chance of getting back to the Premier League and... You need to be competing with the likes of Aston Villa and the Derbys. And when players turn up at your training ground, you want them to be blown away. It's the right message to send right from, from the get-go. And you want players to walk through them, them gates at Canal Side and think, yeah, this is a club that I want to play for. And, um, you know, although cricket uh, football is very money-orientated, I'm sure some players want to go to a place where they've got ambition and, and developing, redeveloping the, the, the training ground and bringing a new manager in like they have done, that shows ambition to me. And uh, hopefully that'll rub off and, and bring in some real good new recruits. And finally, then, how are your boys looking? You're a couple of months out from the start of the new season. How are you shaping up? Yeah, good. The lads have been back in training since uh, mid-November. They did a lot of fitness work up to Christmas. They continue that after Christmas. Um, they sort of training in three-week blocks at the minute, so they do three weeks on, one week off, and then... We sort of up the ante as we get nearer the season. So next week is the, the first week that they start to up the ante. We'll put them under pressure more in training. And then we, we have a few days down south at, at Loughborough before we head off to South Africa in March for a couple of weeks to, to get some uh, pre-season games in against other county opposition out there. And then pretty much when we get back, we're straight into it. Back, I think, our first games against the university in um, the last week of March. So that's going to be pretty cold. Hopefully the weather picks up a bit by mm. then. And then we're, we're in full flow to the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've got a young side at the minute. But there's a lot of excitement in the camp because there's so many places up for grabs. Which is a positive, isn't it? If you've got those places up for grabs, you haven't got people setting the, setting the routine, setting the wage. You've got people actually just battling each other for it. And that's surely going to produce better performances, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, we're going through a little bit of a transition where a lot of players who've had a lot of success for us over the last few years have gone out the door. They've either retired or moved on, which has been a tough time for the club. But like you say, that does create opportunity. There's young lads been chomping at the reels for the last few years and um, they want to be given a good run in the team. So you can feel that in the environment at the minute when you turn up for training. Everyone's putting a real big shift in and trying to impress the coaches and the captain. They want to be in that first first game, first team 
uh, of the season to prove that they can do it. Good stuff, Gailey. We really appreciate you joining us. We'll speak to you before the season starts. Thanks. Thanks, boys. Good stuff. That is uh, Andrew Gale there, who's uh, just joined us live, taking a bit of time out from his coaching that he's uh, doing down south as well, going through his, his bit of coaching badges and work down there. So we really appreciate that. If you want to get in touch with us tonight, you can do so. You can text 81-TREBLE-3. You can tweet at WYS Daily. Don't forget, you'll hear every ball of the cricket season right here on BBC Radio Leeds. You'll be able to follow every single commentary via our website, bbc.co.uk slash Radio Leeds, and click on the commentaries page. And the cricket show will be back as well on a Thursday night between six and seven o'clock. I want to take a look at a couple of messages that have come into us then chaps um, let's start with this one that comes in here saying what did the Everton manager say to his players last night his team were poor lacks confidence lost to Millwall he has no strikers either he would have said to them get an early goal town whistle in Portugal if you ask me we stood on and watched after that I've not seen as much cheating by any Premier League side at all cynical fouls says Neil in Keithley and this one comes in to us here uh, from Rob in Bursal and I'll edit this one a little bit uh, it says great to see Grant and welcome to Field Town, any chance we can get rid of Dia Carby? Uh, this one says, Welcome back to Moy last night, though. Can't get over not playing Pritchard. Um, hope we get another striker in before the window shuts. Same stuff, different guy, says Rob in Bursal. Dia Carby, I was told not to mention the name Dia Carby by the lads sat opposite me here, but I will do. This is one for Neil. Yeah, we will speak to Neil about Dia Carby very shortly indeed here on BBC Radio Leeds. We'll also take a little bit of a look ahead to what might the long-term future hold of Huddersfield Town. So if you want to share your thoughts on that as well, you can do so. Simply drop us a text or send us a tweet. West Yorkshire Sport Daily with you for another 15 minutes on BBC Radio Leeds. It is BBC Radio Leeds. It is our Huddersfield Town Monthly Special on West Yorkshire Sport Daily with you until 7 o'clock. Then Emily Pillbeam is here with you after 7 this evening. Um, so, dear Carby, Neil, uh, I want to read out uh, a couple of texts that have come in to us. Uh, this one comes in from Mick in Leicester. Uh, he says, the fans need to get off dear Carby's back. Hoyle's policy is to buy young for the profit. The lure of the Premier League would entice any young player. Uh, he also says that Julian Winter's just as much to blame. He says as Rebbe, he should have walked as well, should Winter. That one comes in from Mick. Mick. Uh, this one says there's a problem from top to bottom. There has been for 10 weeks or so. Um, and it goes on to say as well, the change should have been made weeks earlier. David Wagner had lost it. Sorry, but that is true. That's from Andrew in Dubai. Um, dear Carby, didn't get rave reviews today when I spoke to Paul Ogden about his performance. <laughs> um, so what's your take on, on dear Carby? Can I judge from the fact you told me not to mention him? You're not a fan of his? Is that um, fair to say? Keep it clean. You're not on a podcast now. Oh, I'm not, I, can't, I can't press stop and edit. No, can you I? can't. Um, you say, Neil, I think he's done most of his talking in the kitchen rather than the football field. Yeah, he did, actually. So I'll help you out, Neil. He just... He, just, um, he looks headless. Completely headless. Um, I actually joked that he'd, make, he'd be a great footballer if there weren't a ball involved. And, you know, his first touch... He's quick. He's absolutely oh, he, rapid. Oh, he's rapid. not denying that. But as Danny said, who does podcast with us, he's got to be quick to catch up with his first touch. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, I mean, I actually felt a bit sorry for Ladu Tripton last night and got sent off because, I mean, a bit of a whopper getting sent off for doing that, to be honest. It's, um, you know, it, it, no need. I, I had no faith, no hope that dear Carby were going to finish that one-on-one whatsoever. Mm. And lads got sent off. But he did two things all game. He broke through, he got lads sent off. And then the one little trick he did down right-hand side and... Which actually made to the chance fair, for Kachunga, which was really good. It were a really, I want to give him benefit of doubt and say he meant it. So I will, although I'm not sure. Um, He'd be some player in the championship, though, wouldn't he? If he could, if he could he's, get his game together. If we're being really kind, he's raw. Yeah. And 
I'd hope that the manager will get into him in summer and you know find a player in there. Somebody with that pace, if you could find a player in there, mm. lethal. Mm. But combining the pace and the ball and a brain is that's a difficult one. I think t- to be fair to that's him, as kind as I can be, he's a twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old lad in a foreign country, and yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult. It's can probably come over by himself. It's yeah. There's a, there's in, a, a, in a team that's that's losing games week in week yeah. out, the price tag though, lads. The price tag's the issue for me. The, the it, price tag isn't his fault, is it? No, it's not. But that football's judgmental, well, isn't it? Though look at people, it is. look yeah, at the money we've spent and we've sold. Well, the problem know, is the, 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 yeah, that's the state. The, there's no doubt in my mind that the wide men that we've got now are not as good as the ones that we, you know, let go. Got promoted with it. Yeah, incredible. So, do you think they would do a job in the championship though? Well, this is the state, Johnny. Our looking again. It's cliche time, but cold Tuesday night at XYZ, Luton, Portsmouth, or whatever it is, would he be up for it? Yeah, yeah you're up with thinking better than that level. But I remember when we signed him, and he was just weird out of nowhere, a French journalist. You just never know, but they basically said no loss to Monaco, and others will have paid way over the odds. And unfortunately, it's, it's uh, so we've, far. We've had a tweet true. in here that's a little bit more positive. Uh, it says, but for some quality goalkeeping from England's number one last night, we'd have won the game and everybody would have been happy. That was the difference between us and Everton. Yes, Everton, not Exeter. Punchin was right. I saw loads of positive last night. Open your eyes, guys, says Nick on Twitter. That's fair enough, but I think Everton had gears to go into. I don't think they really broke sweat once they'd scored early. Because, to be honest, most teams know that if they get first goal, we're done. And, you know, that's that might sound really harsh and really negative, but it's, you know, you've just got to look back at the last two years on, you know, when we come back from going a goal behind and it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, we might be classed as negative there, but I think, you know, anybody that listens to the podcast will, will, will appreciate that we are realist and honest. Mm. I still say it. No one could have foreseen a couple of things. I still go on about this at the pod. November the 25th, we walked out of Wolves. We'd won. We were 14th. The week after... And one up against Brighton, obviously the rest is history, Mooney, etc. etc. If you'd have told me that we'd never win another game after that, I'd have been said, What planet are you on? Yeah. And then if you'd have told me at the end of last season when De Protters smashed through Rudiger, we go back there on Saturday, that this guy would never score a goal. Mm. It's February mm. on Friday, and the other striker would score one. Both of them did well last season. I'd have said, What planet are you on? Yeah things that you could never foresee especially the latter right when people said to me we should have got another striker and I'm, we've sat on the pod and we, we were saying no we couldn't have seen that that's the one thing that kind of makes me a that's bit right. more chilled out about it no one could have seen hmm. this amazing like, loss like of form he said as well there he said you know october november there were some really really good performances mm. and I, I were banging drum on podcast saying we're not as bad as these results are, are showing mm. we are we're a better side than this and we said that week in week out we're coming away thinking we're a we striker more away. from this, yeah. Yeah, we're a striker away from getting a point out of that or beating them. Because the defence, generally speaking, we've lost a lot of games by a goal. Mm. So that, that tells you where the issue is. You know, and if you if you've only got to let one in to basically stop any kind of progress in a game, you know, it's obvious what the problem is. The future's so difficult though, because Sievert's gonna you know, we know what it takes to get promoted in the championship. The guys that are there now, your Lervers, your Adagenis and what have you, they know obviously sorry I didn't know I wasn't there but a lot of that Schindler the other ones they know what it takes are they up for 46 games going hammer and tongue week in week out that that's for me the big thing because someone like for example Christopher Schindler no postseason by his standards a guy you'd want to keep around next season but does he want to be around it's okay people probably shouting and say well they're under contract they should be 
it's, it's, yeah, you know what player power there, is now. Yeah. Does Laurent de Potter want to be there? A lot of people say, he's you know, we don't want him he's to be there. Contract, yeah. He's out of contract. Yeah. But yeah, for me, that is the key. At we've got a nucleus of kind of you know building, but do these guys want to be there? For me, the one-on-ones, what you know, the new manager kind of sees in, in the training. It's probably good that we, you know, we have got this, like you say, mini pre-season, so we can work it out. There's such a job thinking about it. I felt we want far away in some of them games, like Gailey we mentioned October, November, but now I just, I really don't know where we stand. It's, it's a job and a half, and for a rookie coach, you know, that's never really kind of managed in this country. It's, it's a tough one. Atmosphere fell out of it last night after two minutes. After two which is which is going to be for any club there. for any club you know we spoke earlier about the terrier spirit didn't we you know and, yeah. and the fact that maybe 18 months ago you'd have had going down early on in that game wouldn't have made much no. of a difference to no. the atmosphere you'd but last night made a huge fight. one and yeah. even if we didn't get back and win or draw you knew full well they were going to fight and fight and mm. fight and that's it's just not there the fight has gone uh, we were I'll, never sorry Johnny we were I, never I scored in, in the uh, championship but Goals win games. We've got to find a way of, you know, getting When you're the, the first team to get promoted with a negative goal <laughs> difference, was that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even including the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a wonky start that because we got we got absolutely stuffed two or three times. Yeah. We won twenty odd games yeah. by a goal. Yeah. We, we were the you last know, team to genuinely push winning, the top two. Yeah. But winning's winning. winning I, I, yeah, I've said it time and time absolutely. again. You take you know, some of the most memorable games you have a one nil off someone's out, yeah. someone's backside in the last couple of minutes are the most memorable yeah. games sometimes. And I want to read out this uh, this text that's coming, eight one treble three, just because it's got a fantastic analogy at the top. It says, We've turned up at the Ritz dressed for Harry Ramsden's, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> uh, it says David Wagner has performed nearly as many miracles as Jesus at our club and I'm not surprised that he's had enough he wasn't given the tools to work with we are where we are because of it for some strange reason we've let better players go than we've brought in why some of the team last night uh, will get beasted in the championship why or why was a striker not brought in in the summer says Nige in Wakey which is kind of alluding to what you were mentioning a few moments ago Cosy. you know the fact that yeah. some of these players might do it some might not but it's also about the fact that unfortunately you haven't really got the tools yeah. and this is the thing is you know we've got this recruitment right superbly over the years, obviously, with it, you know, Ross Wilson, Stuart Webb, but it's not gone as well, you know, kind of with Rebbe, if it is him, kind of him that's recruiting. But there's only so many times you can, you know, the law of averages says you can always not get, we can't do what Bournemouth do and just sign in Liverpool Castle yeah. for 19, 20 million. Oh, we could do, but then we don't want to be in administration. So, so what does the club do in the summer then? You know, let's let's say now, Huddersfield Town are relegated to the Championship, yeah. looking likely, yeah. but might not, but looking likely. What does the club do in the summer? What should be the plan in the summer? It's not always easy to achieve a plan if you've got to get rid of players who are on good money and other teams might not want to pay that good money. But but what does the club have to do in the summer, do you think, to make sure that next year can be a chance where they're at least fighting? I don't even think it's waiting for summer. I think the, the chance, it starts now. This is it. Like I said before, they've got a 14-game pre-season now and it, the new gaffer can work out who he wants, who he doesn't want. And they can set the wheels in motion for players that they will be looking at. We do want to, you know, get in. He must have ideas of, you know, a few players he wants to to bring in with him to play. You know, so implement his style. And he needs to find out, like Cosy said, he's got to find out who's up for it, who wants to go to Luton on a Tuesday night when mm. it's absolutely bouncing down. Mm. You know, the players with a the character there now. It's we're, we're going to be a bit of a target for some because we are coming out at Premier League. But what we don't want to do is fall into a Sunderland scenario. You know, and it's if we go down with a bit of a wimper like we are doing at the moment, mm. that's a danger because that you know you can that mentality can carry over. I don't think Dean Oyler let that happen for a minute, to be honest. But it's up to the the players that are on the you know the training pitch and the staff there. Matt, what do you reckon? Uh, for me, it's about infrastructure, Johnny. Um, there's a, a harsh lesson learned down the road from us. Uh, what happens when you try and spend 
you know, or overspend in the Premier Gamble League. Gamble on Europe, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we've, we've committed £20 million to a new training ground, which is great. Um, I'd just like us to see... I remember when Stuart Webber and Ross, Ross Wilson and Stuart Webber have both said things like Huddersfield are, are miles away off the pitch compared to other clubs like Watford and, and what have you. I, I want to see us bridge that gap. I want to see us, you know, our scouting structure, for example. Uh, Brentford are an, a wonderful example of being able to pluck, you know, decent players from all over Europe and they, they slot in brilliantly. I want us to be able to start doing that mm. more often. Um, for me, it's about infrastructure. And I think the real key really is after three years, if we've not gone back up and the parachute payments have, have run out, what does our football club look like? You know, is it yeah. is it one that needs propping up again still by Dean Hoyle? You know, five million a year is it that five six million a year he's got yeah. to put in and prop the club up? That the real test of how we've done in the Premier League is is when the parachute payments run out and how Huddersfield Town looks in the Championship and the truth mark of success is if it's moved on. Cosy, I just want to be excited again. I was talking to a Bradford fan uh, today. They won in the last minute in freezing cold. Yeah, you know. And like that's you know the bottom of League One, but we were absolutely buzzing that they'd won four goals. What a game! He'd made the effort to go in the cold and stuff. I just want that excitement again. We've been spoiled over the years, but there's no point getting <laughs> us violins out. There'll be people saying, well, "Hang on a minute." Obviously, we're doing pain. We've got to take our medicine now and that as well. But yeah, when August kind of rolls next season, I just want to be there thinking, "Wow, you know, this is it. We're on the front foot playing that kind of football that we always knew and loved under David Wagner." And hopefully, uh, you know, Jan can kind of get us that with. Uh, you know his dealings uh, so over the you're right because when all said and done however bad this season's been I'd live this season again to have the previous two seasons mm. hands down yeah no argument yeah which is what it comes down to isn't it you yeah. pay your money you want to have your enjoyment whether yeah. that's enjoyment of the style of football you see yeah. or whether it's getting the results and, yeah. and getting to where you want to go lads we've run out of time really appreciate you joining us here in the studio tonight Rich thank you very much Cheers, Matt thank you, thank you very much, well, Neil as well Cheers. thanks uh, do download the podcast as well he takes that chance pod is the one that you need to search for you can find them all over Twitter as well we've tweeted about them earlier on today so you can certainly find them out there as well the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.